Hey everybody, this is Timothy Bennett. This is Aaron Banyan. And welcome to B&B Banter Bros Goes to the Movies. Uh, tonight is just a little special episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about the movie Dune. Yeah. And that is just came out Thursday night on HBO Max. And I think it came out in theaters too, did it? Or do you know? And Friday it came out in theaters. Yeah, so in theaters. Maybe HBO but, yeah, Max had it like the night before. Yeah, kind of like a, a pre-release kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I watched that right away. Oh, no, I watched it on Friday. But yeah, that's why we're going to talk about it because it's a big hit movie. It was a highly anticipated film. It was filmed like two years ago. And, oh, yeah. I think the pandemic probably pulled it back, right? Yeah, happened? yeah. It was it was pushed back uh, for whatever reason other than just the pandemic. I think they just yeah. kept pushing it back to when it was coming out too. So, And now we finally got it. Yeah. So it was highly anticipated. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive into that. So I do want to uh, bring up a couple things, a couple uh, main topics, and I want to start with the the production. I want to dive into the production. So okay. this film, I it was a big budget film. Yeah, it was uh, like a hundred and you can tell. Yeah, yeah, right. The, the cinematography was fantastic. Oh, it was a beautifully shot movie. Um, so yeah, let me look up the. So it was 165 million estimated to make this film. Yeah, 165 million. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And don't get me wrong, though, it was the money was definitely well put. But they also traveled to like I don't know eight different places in the world, so that was oh, probably a sure. lot of it. Yeah. But the the it was a big budget film. Uh. Off of that, just knowing that, how did, did it feel? Like, did you think it, it was a film that said, hey, that money was well spent? Oh, you could definitely tell. I mean, between casting and just, like, the way it shot, lo- no, uh, location-wise, just everything about that movie just screamed that, hey, we put money into this to make sure it was done well. Yeah. And... <clears throat> and honestly speaking, like it, like I said, you can just tell just from everything about it that they took took the time and took the care to make sure it came out as as good as it could. Yeah, I can agree with that. I compared this to if Star Wars meets Blade Runner, so the cinematography was uh, a lot like blade runner the way that the, the the film was i guess staged or the way that the story was told through the camera through the lens was a lot like blade runner it had the same feel the same style whatever but then when you deal with like the, the actual set design it was like star wars it was like the the new star wars the way yeah. the culture of the set design the outfits the feel of where you know the alien lands that you're going to and stuff like that sure. totally felt like a star wars now, saying that, the director of this film, Denis Villeneuve, I think is how you say his name. Uh, he's yeah, a yeah. French-Canadian director, so he's probably French-Canadian. He he did the movie uh, Blade Runner, the new one. The remake? 2049 yep, Blade. Or yep, 2049. Mm. He directed that, so that explained a lot. And then it, he also did Arrivals with Jeremy Renner's and uh, Amy... Is it Amy oh, Adams? Amy Adams, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I think Forrest Whitaker's in there, too. Yep. That yep he played, I think, the military guy. But no, uh, those two films have a, the same feel that this film had. So okay. it, it, the style was there. I could see the directing style. And okay. 
I'm going to admit I've never seen either one of those, so like I no? wouldn't be able oh, to put those should, together. You should watch them, especially like I, I was a big fan of Arrivals. It was a lot better than I thought. Okay. Uh, I went in there anticipating it not to be very good, but because they had Jeremy Renner's and Amy Adams, I thought, eh, it couldn't be bad. Problem is, there are Arrivals, and I just think of The Arrival with Charlie Sheen. I, yeah, I think I mentioned that too when I first <laughs> came, like, ah, oh, this is nothing like the Charlie Sheen one. Why aren't their knees and backwards? I, and I enjoyed that film, so. That was all right. <laughs> um, but he also did uh, Sicario, I think, is how they say it. Okay, yeah. I watched with, Sicario. Uh, I watched the first uh, one. Uh, yeah, so he Emily, did that Emily one. Blunt and Benicio Del Toro. Yep. Josh. And, yeah. yep, yep. And I I kind of saw the same feel that, to a point. Yeah, remembering that movie, I can kind of see it now. Yeah. yeah. Just just certain aspects. It wasn't throughout the whole thing because that was a different kind of style of a film. I mean, that was like an action crime yeah. thing. Yeah. But this was definitely like a sci-fi, straight up, you know, sci-fi adventure I guess, uh, yeah. but for that that for that, since you haven't seen those other two, I can't really talk about the style because that's one of the things I wanted to bring right. up was just the director's style and, uh, Sorry, and the cinematography. No, it's all good. It's it was just more of, I mean, sci-fi is not your thing. I don't expect to. That's true. I don't really expect you to watch, especially Blade Runner. It's not for everybody. So I'd be interested to read the original book but uh, it was, it's boring i think you told me that i think you yeah. said it was a dry read it's extremely dry it was okay and it it's an inspiration the the film was inspired by the book it wasn't like oh adapted okay. or oh, anything so okay. yeah i think the uh, the book was uh uh android's dream of electric, sh- electric yeah, robots or androids yeah and uh, it, it i don't get me wrong i love philip k dick i'm a huge philip k dick fan big but fan that of was definitely Yep. Sorry, I couldn't help Big myself. one. Big one. <laughs> Just massive fan. But he he was that was probably one of his most driest books I've I've read. Yeah. I've only read a small handful. I've probably only read like five or six books of his. But okay. <clears throat> uh moving on from that. Who wrote the cat Dune? Well, sorry, who wrote it. Dune? Was it Ernest Klein? No. No. Dune's been around a little much longer than that. So the, who the fuck is Ernest Klein? Why did I think of his name? Ernest Klein did the um, uh, uh, Ready Player One. Oh, okay. Well, that would explain. He's probably the most recent, like, big name yeah. author that got a movie adapted. Yep. And I was just trying to think of the other one that he came out with other than Ready Player Two. Artemis, I think it was the other one. Yeah, I think that sounds right. That, that came out. And uh, that's, yeah, that's who Ernest Klein who is. Who wrote Dune? So, it's Herbert something. Oh. But I don't remember. Frank Herbert. There you go, Frank Herbert. I was right about Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like there's a middle initial in there that, that people... It might have been because I said Philip K. Dick. But... No, it's just Frank Herbert. He's so, just Frank. Frank don't... Herbert. Don't try to put a middle initial on him. He's just right. Frank. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I have not read the book. And it's like a six book series, it looks like. Yeah, there's more. there's quite a there's quite a few. I've not read the book, and I know the book is fairly dense. So yeah. without being able to compare, 
can't really say whether or not this was justified for how long it was, but I can only imagine the how long this film, which was two and a half hours long. Yeah. Two hours and like 34 minutes or whatever. And there were like 20 minutes of credits. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they had a lot yeah. of people that they needed to say thanks to. <laughs> Thank you to all the natives that didn't kill us. All right. Yeah, they were in like, like I said, six different places. They were in like, uh, oh, what was it? They were in Austria. They were in Jordan. They were in uh, Jordan, where Ast- they, Jordan, where Australia, they the, the, uh, probably the desert, desert scene. Yeah. yeah, probably. The rocky and, areas probably screams Australia to me. Yeah, I. Yeah, they were just they were in a lot of different places. Fuck. Um, beautiful though, beautiful. Oh, well, yeah, beautifully shot. They really Center, knew how yeah. to like set uh, get the setting right. All right, and that was the other thing was the cinematographer in this was fantastic. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's the same cinematographer that they used for like Blade Runner or even Arrivals for that matter, but uh, I, either way, this cinematographer was, ah, had some amazing setups. Um, but how how did you feel about the cast? Because this is a large cast. It's a very large cast, and I was amazed at how many people I recognized uh, except for the main character. The main character, I didn't know where the fuck I knew this kid from. Oh, that Timothy still don't. something? Timothy. Uh, oh, Sh- Sh- Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet. I was like, uh, what? now that I'm on IMDb, he looks familiar to me. And I don't know. And now looking at, like, the only thing I would know him from would have been. Beautiful Boy, which is a Steve Carell movie, but I never watched it. I only like knew the the trailers. Yeah, but like, otherwise, it's like all the movies he's done, I've never watched. They're all very—they're not independent, but they're not like big name movies. Well, some of them are like, uh, like Lady Bird call, is probably call me. The, that was independent. Where what? Uh, Lady Lady Bird, Call Me by Your Name was independent. Beautiful Boy was independent as well. Oh, he was an Interstellar, I guess. That's one thing I should know him from. I, only I don't it, remember. Like, I don't remember him in Interstellar. It says he played Tom at fifteen years old. Oh, so he's the boy. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they, I mean, uh, he was born in '95, so he's not that old. Yeah, that puts him at. 26, 27, something like that. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I, I don't I've only, know I, any of these movies, only, really. Yeah, I've seen Lady Bird, but uh, so other than the other cast, let's talk about this guy. How did you feel about his performance on this? I actually thought he did really well. Um, for not really knowing much about the movie, being a little lost at times about what was going on. Um, I don't have the head for the nuances of political intrigue. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I thought he did really well. I was in, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I wasn't intrigued by his performance, but like I felt his performance was, was good. Like I enjoyed him as the character. He, he yeah. was believable, I guess would be the right way to say it. I felt the same way. I don't know what, I don't know anything about this guy's work, but so I can't. I didn't have a reference off to see his acting capabilities, but basically, like what you said was, I thought he felt very appropriate. Yep. He was like that bright kind of age where he's like a young man transitioning into, hey, you're you're an adult, so like you're now having to 
you know, deal, like royalty adult too. So now yeah. you're having to deal with responsibilities. You know, you have this image, you have this position now that you have to take over. It's kind that of classic trope where like it's the the young protagonist has to like move into the shoes of like being a ruler or being yeah. a leader. It's it's a classic sort of trope, but yeah, and they even use that in the line too, or in in a line of some sort when they're talking at the cemetery about yeah. his role. I was like, I don't want to do this. Can't I just be like a, a pilot or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that conversation he has is with, with his father and he basically is like, you'll find your place yeah. and whatever it is, whenever it happens or however it may be, you'll find your place and to do the right thing. I think it, the last thing he says, like, you'll always be what I've always needed you to be, my son. My son, which is beautiful. It was a beautiful spot. Right? Yeah. I His dad, too. Was yeah, Oscar I, I, Isaac, Isaac, I think. I, yeah, Oscar Isaac or something like that. Yeah, oh, great actor. Great, 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 actor. great actor. Great performance. I thought was was wonderful. I was wanted to see more of him, to be completely honest. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, kind of a shame. I mean, you you do get to see more of him, time length. <laughs> yeah, but as we said, the story is very long, and this is only a part one. <laughs> yeah, so. They're going to do a whole Lord of the Rings thing. I know it. <laughs> uh, but without getting in the story too much, the other cast members, do you do you, do you remember what the, the, the list of casts that they had? Oh, Josh Brolin like said, was in it. Um, he was he was good. Jason Momoa is in it. Yep. Javier Bardem is in it. Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who I only really yeah. know from uh, The Greatest Showman. I um, I think she's in the uh, the new Hugh Jackman movie too, where he's like, I don't know, he's going in, into water to relive memories. Yep. I don't remember what it's called. I would say I've seen uh I've seen a lot of these that she's been in. So like, like said, the greatest showman is the only thing I really remember from her. I am B uh, uh Men in Black, the newer one. Yeah, she's yeah, in life. So I've I've seen her and stuff. Uh she definitely didn't stand out to me though. But as no, soon as she, I saw her at the end of the towards the end of the movie, I started getting a little weirded out by her, but Yeah. To me it was her performance wasn't by any means bad whatsoever. Just I don't think needed. anybody's yeah, I don't think anybody's performance in this movie was at all questionable. I think no. everybody did a I don't know great job or at least seemed very appropriate to a part that they were trying to play. I, there's no question about the talent that was in this film. But I definitely thought that her character or her her as an actress, like, for somebody who I've seen, I knew who she was, I've seen her in things. Yeah, very muted. It was very just, eh, I could have probably taken her or left her, like, as a this, story uh, plot and everything. This might be a, a harsh way to say it, but this is very much shot Everybody is just a supporting character to Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Paul. 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 Yeah. Paul. That everybody is just supporting character to him. Nobody has their own, at least not yet. Nobody else has their own sort of like sense of self. Everything is in service to like continuing his story. It's true. That is true. I like that. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, Yeah. Oscar Isaac, he played his father. Yep. Jason Momoa played Duncan Idaho, which... Duncan Idaho? That was his last name? That was his name. Yep. <laughs> I I was actually upset I that missed you didn't it. see... Yeah. 
<laughs> I was upset that you didn't get to see more of him. I was hoping to see a little bit more. I did too. Of him. I thought he was a great character. But I was, when you when you did get to see him, you got to see him and you yeah, got to see him do he's some Jason, shit. He's Jason Momoa doing Jason Momoa <laughs> shit. Like that's right. all he's doing. Like he's yeah. being a badass like he does in every movie. Right. <laughs> and he does it. He just does it so well. Uh, he's another one I'm a big fan of. I like yep. Jason Momoa a lot. I don't know. I'm a sucker he's a really for him. very down to sort of guy too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least he comes off that way for sure. Yeah. Anybody who can be best friends with Lenny Kravitz and be married to his ex-wife, yeah, I think I think has got something to say. Lenny yeah, but Kravitz, I mean, like, you gotta think Chase Momoa towers over Lenny Kravitz because Lenny Kravitz is not a big man. No, not at all. But he's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> so over Jason Momoa and I don't know, they're like they bromance. Like Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa are just besties. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> and then you have Stellan uh, Skarsgård, which his yes. performance he wasn't anything that I didn't expect him to pull off. Right. You always expect good things out of Stellan Skarsgård, and it took me a few minutes. Like, I had to look up to see who that was because for a split second, the voice wasn't right, but I thought it was Gary Oldman under that makeup for a minute. (laughs) I could see that, especially because Gary Oldman knows how to transform himself very well. Yeah, but I was like, I know the voice isn't right, so I had to look up who it was. Uh, Dave Bautista was... Yep, Dave Bautista was his, like, right-hand man. Yeah, he's his nephew. Oh, is that what? Yeah, yeah, uncle. uncle. That's right. Um, he's his yeah. nephew. I don't remember his name per chance, but nephew. Yeah. You don't. You don't see a lot of him in action. You see him uh, throughout the film here and there, but you don't really see him do much. His, he's, his he's like big, a herald at that point. He's just like doing, I guess, a messenger. Bit, his big bit is at the beginning, that first scene that you see the Baron and like the rest of the Hakanan and. Where he's yep. like, he's telling him like, oh, we cleared out. And then he kind of has an emotional outburst. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we letting this happen? Like, that was his big moment in this yep. movie. He was yelling at Polka Dot Man. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, holy shit, is that Polka Dot Man? Yeah. I thought that, that was the first thing. I'm like, that's Polka Dot Man. <laughs> I thought uh, that too. I was like, shit. <laughs> now he's just chin straight man. Now he's dead. Well, now, yeah, now he's dead. And both. He's yeah. Died in both. Uh, Josh Brolin. Which, yep, he was like the, I can't remember his name offhand. He's kind of like the, the captain of the guard, oh, essentially. Oh, uh, Gurney, yep. Gurney, is that what his name was? Gurney, yep. Gurney um, Halleck. He, yeah, he's he's like the commander of the... The, the troops know, or whatever. The troops or whatever, yeah. Uh, um, Javier Bordim. Bordim. Yep, he's the, he's the leader. He's, he's the froman that comes and like meets with Oscar Isaacs yep. and stuff like that. I uh, liked so, him, although it took me a second, too. I was like, that nose... I know, I know, I recognize I, that nose I and those knew eyes. Who but. it was immediately, but I couldn't think of his name. I kept wanting to call him Guillermo del Toro. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I don't know why I wanted to call him that either. Um, and then Zendaya, what's her last name? Or does she just go by Zendaya now? Z- Zendaya? Zendaya? Yeah, yeah. Zendaya? I think that's Zendaya. all it is. Zendaya. I, I think she used to have a last name, but at some point she decided the last name was stupid and dropped it. I think it Honestly, was Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know shit about her. Uh, She's a other Disney than actress. Yeah, I don't know shit about her other than I've seen her in Spider-Man and I saw her in The Greatest Showman. Yeah. And now I've seen her in this. So she was she, she was on a Disney show. So she's very much like, she's got like that sort of like stuff behind her. Yeah. I'm going to butcher this, but David Desmalchian, which is a polka dot man. He was uh, oh. Peter, Peter D. Rice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Charlotte Rampling is in this. He played that mother chick, that freaky mother chick, the eerie chick that tells him oh. to put his hand in his box. I don't know if you've seen oh, her, yeah, but yeah. she's she's in a lot of stuff. British I actor. I vaguely remember her. Like she seems I'm trying to think of the one guy I can't I can't remember his name now. Um he was the one that was he basically he let the the one spy in and then he tried to Talking about uh, the he, tr- oh, he tried to give his uh, resignation. The doctor? Like, no, not that guy. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the rounder guy. The yes. Short, short, stocky rounder guy. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he. I don't know his name. Can't fucking I, find him on this thing either. I recognized him purely because he was in the show Devs, the Hulu original show Devs with yes uh, Nick Offerman. He was in that, and honestly, I think that was really the only thing I saw him in that I could recognize him in. And I liked him. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know his name. I don't know. I don't know I anything else that he's been in. Find, I know he's been in tons of stuff. I just can't find him on this goddamn page. Yeah, I liked him though. Yeah, good cast. Uh, yeah, oh, stacked cast. Much larger than I thought it would be too. It, sh- it didn't surprise me when these people kept showing up, like, oh, my God, look who it is. It was just, like, I didn't know these people were in here. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, like, especially Dave Bautista, I was like, oh, he's in this? But I I don't recall watching, I feel like I've only seen the trailer, like, once. And that was, I don't know, when they first released the trailer. So I yeah. didn't really watch the trailer or anything. Oh, neither did I. Idea. This is one of those movies that, like, you can't, I don't think you can make a trailer that does the movie justice. Right. Like, all you can do is put clips up that, like, people are going to want to watch and, yeah. like, hope that they come for the rest of the movie because, like, there's there's a lot going on in here. Like I say, I don't have a head for fucking political intrigue, but yeah, no, this is this Yeah, no, this is where I wanted to dive into next is that the story of this. Now, I was prepared because I knew that it was a pretty dense story. Mm-hmm. Um as much as it's a classic and everybody gives Dune just phenomenal props for, you know, the writing, yeah. I, I was aware. I was I was pretty prepared for this to be kind of a slow burn film. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, because of it all basing off of politics, because that's all it really is, it's yep. the politics of things, mm-hmm. yep. it was a bit of a slow burn. But it wasn't so dry and boring that it didn't keep the pace going a little bit. Because I, I never found myself to be bored. It was just a lot of politics that kind of like went right over my head a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. They simplified it, but it's not my cup of tea. So, right. you know, I don't really care what the politics are about. I just want to see some shit go down. Yeah. Which eventually it did. And when it did. It did. Uh, yeah. It went down. Yeah. I was the same way. Because like, you know, with the whole thing of like, you know, the emperor choosing this family to go instead of the other one because of this, and then the nuns showing up and the other side being like, well, it's okay because the emperor's on our side. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> right. I was a little bothered with this back and forth feel too. It seemed a lot of back and forth. And I guess I didn't, I probably just didn't catch it or follow it closely enough. I, to- it, like I say, it, I don't have the head for political intrigue, so putting that much in there, was lost on me. Like, I got some of it, but... And it was very 
ceremonial traditional style politics. Like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like American politics feel. This was like this was like monarchy shit. Like yeah, this is like 14th century Renaissance kind of style. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, po- politi- or political hierarchy structure. Like you know, because it's borderline military kings and king- uh, queens and kings and queens, but it's all military based. And so it was like they weren't really kings. Like, they call him a duke. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he was he was their lord. So <laughs> I was like, you know, the Isaac guy, or whatever. And then he yeah, was young master. Duke. And, yeah, and, and then they called uh, his son young master and. Yeah. And I was like, the goodness. other guy's called a baron. Yeah, yeah so no, nobody had the same fucking title. So like the the hierarchy was so skewed, right? It it basically reminded like I felt like I was reading I don't know Alexander Dumas's book, either Three Musketeers or freaking uh, Count of Monte Count Cristo. Of Monte Cristo. Yeah, because yeah, it had that that same very same kind of style when it deals with the the politics of things. Because those are very, yeah. both pretty po- political too. So are they? Uh, those yeah. books, and so you know. But did you find that to be a disruption of the film itself, though? Did you find it to be problematic? So, for for somebody like me who didn't really give a fuck about the politics, how would you feel about the story? Um. So I was. For the first little while, because I like I don't have like I've said numerous times now, I don't have the head for political intrigue. The first bit of the movie was kind of lost on me to some degree. Yeah. Um, but once they got to uh, what's the name of the planet? It's not Atreides. That's the house. Um. Uh. Ara- Arasis. Arrakis. That's it. Arrakis. When they get to Arrakis, and then things. My asses. I don't know. Yeah. And once they got to Arrakis, like, things thinned out to some degree, and I was able to follow everything a lot easier. But, like, that first little bit where it's, like, you know, they're jumping to the Baron because his nephew's upset, and, like, Oscar Isaacs is talking to his kid, and then, like, the nuns are there talking to the kid, and I was just like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm sure it's all set up that's very necessary for the whole whole story. Yeah. And, like, it does come into play to some degree, but I was like, why did we have to jam all this into the first half hour of this fucking movie? <laughs> and that's that traditional ceremonial stuff I was kind of talking about. They were keeping it very, very traditional style yeah. uh, royalty family. And then they had... It was quite ceremonial. Just about everything from, like, 20 minutes after at the beginning, like, right away within the first 20 minutes... You kind of get less of that, and it's more of like the positioning of where these people are. Yeah. You know why? Like he's training. You know, like Paul's doing his training with um, Gurney, uh, Gurney, and stuff. You know, because yeah. Duncan was on a flight. You 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 get well, the Duncan had to go to Iraq as like a, a month earlier or something like that. For yeah, to like infiltrate the the Freeman people, yeah. or whatever. Yep. So you understand like the hierarchy of this. You understand where these people sit in position, and then. Basically, right after that, it was all ceremonial stuff. And yep. that was probably the most boring part about this entire Yeah, film. that whole thing where, like, they show, the Herald shows up and, like, mm-hmm. just basically screams at a crowd. I I was kind of checked out at that point because I didn't care. Uh, yeah. I did like the, the slight snarky, snide comment that Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaac, or his character, uh, 
made um, to the guy that we can't remember, that short little stocky. Oh, I have his name. Guy. Ste- Stephen McKinley Henderson. Okay, that, that guy's character, where his eyes go white and he does like, oh, how much did it cost these people to get here? He does all the math. Yeah, and he does all the math. Two million salaries or something like, like that. I like that because that was a little little snide yeah. remark about oh, this is pretty pretty spendy for just a you know just a gesture yeah, basically for sure. It's just throwing money around. <laughs> when you got that money, you can do it. Right now, how do you feel about when they got onto uh, Arrakis after that? Uh well, I was at first. It was a little slow. Again, it's just them, you know, setting things up. So like, it was a little boring. But there were pieces that were kind of interesting. Like, I thought the conversation that the that Paul has with the gardener who's watering the palm trees. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit interesting. Um, it put some perspective into their situation. I very like much the got, life, the the life that they that that culture. I guess yeah. lives. I kind of got like hints of like, do you remember Kingdom of Heaven with Orlando yep. Bloom? I got hints of that movie, like in this part, just right the on. similarities of the the climate and everything. Like you kind of got bits of that in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's obviously the nods to like him being the the chosen one. I can't pronounce what the fuck they called him. Yeah, um, I don't remember. They just call it the Messiah. They yeah. call him a Messiah, a boo something or other. I think. Um. Like there's those various hints were notable. I guess they weren't really like super interesting, but they were notable. Um, yeah. Especially because it sounded like a lot of times they were quoting scripture. Yeah, it it seems like they were. Yeah. It seems very. It has a not only is it politics that's driving a lot of this to where they're going. It's also the religious. Yeah. Aspects, which is basically just another version of politics, it's sociology Pol- versus theology. Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, they, they all coexist mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah. the same realm. So uh, it's it's hard to to say that one isn't like the other. Oh, what definitely. It is. In this case, they did that. They blended yeah. the two, where it was there was no difference. In this case, they were kind of like saying that he is this, and then he's supposed to be this leader on that side, but yeah, he's a, this leader on this side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the whole Messiah thing was what I think personally kept me intrigued. It definitely, especially later on. It definitely when it makes him into fruition. Yeah. It definitely makes Paul an interesting character. Cause he's, he's struck with the idea that he wants to follow his father and be the leader that his father wants, but his visions are pointing him in another direction. In the well, beginning. then he's, then he's dealing with what he really wants to do, which is not do any of that. He just wants to do his own thing. Yeah. But he doesn't really know what that is. Yeah. Like he wants to be his own himself. person. He's being pulled in numerous directions and it's, it, it makes him an, like a good main character because he's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's, he's, it's man versus nature versus himself versus man. Like he's, Man versus he's, everything. Yep. He's, it's him against the world. <laughs> In this case, the, universe. Was it manifest destiny? Is that the right term? Or like what he's what, trying to do? Or thinking of like the proper way to look at what he's dealing with? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, like creating his own path, not being. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Man, manifesting his own destiny would make sense. Um, 
Oh, never mind. That's just a whole thing about America. Let's just ignore that then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, it makes sense. I see what you're saying. He's just trying to create his own way. Yeah. Uh, but finding leader, that middle ground, I think, is really what he's gonna what he's leaning into. Yeah, is like leading yeah. the Froman, but like also saving his people as well. Well, and and you get all these visions, and he talks about his visions too, kind of from the get go. He chopped oh, yeah. it up well, to that's the his dream. Scene is a vision. Yeah, his whole dream that he had, and um, I'm I'm curious about this voice, this this voice thing. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure they explained it, but I feel like I either missed it or I really didn't understand anything about this voice thing. But I'm very intrigued because it's very like, I don't know, it seems magical. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely that's <laughs> that's more of a religious side, I think, because I I personally never heard them explain it. Okay, and it was so just, I, it was yeah, it was just it's part not of just his me. Vision. I don't know, even know if they're me. technically part of his visions so much as that it's like they're just like an over an overture to the to the visions. Well, I don't the know. voice the voice is it's it's wait no he was because his mom yeah because his mom can do it too and there's other people that can do it too like the the mother. The chick that told him to put his hand in his mouth. So it's something. <laughs> oh, the it's voice. I'm sorry. The I'm, voice. I'm thinking of the voice in the visions. That's why I oh, was no, no, confused. No, no. <laughs> that that is the voice. That's the same thing, basically. I think it's supposed to be because it's it's this weird, creepy like voice. And when they use their voice, when they use that special oh, yeah. ability that they have, it's a creepy, weird voice. And it sounds exactly just like what's in his own head when he's doing his visions. So it might have to do with a like you said, like a religious thing. Yeah. It might have to do something with that. And he, I remember his mom even saying on the plane, she's like, your tone was too... Oh, your pitch was forced. off. Or yeah, your, it was too yeah, forced your pitch was and off. Your pitch was off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... I just want to know more about that. I'm very intrigued on that whole spiel. I'm uh, flummoxed by a number of things in this movie. Like I say, <laughs> his mother started to creep me out in the last, like, 40 minutes of the movie. I, like, it's was, actual... Was, like was, it's yeah, actually okay. Yeah. It wasn't just yeah. me. No. Okay. Because so, she was definitely giving fuck me vibes at one point. <laughs> I tried not to think about that in that way because, you know, I was just trying to keep it to it's his mother. You know, like she cared. But the issue the I had, way. I think the issue I had was the age, the way that they looked. She looked way too young. Like she looked like he, like they could be. Uh, more than a, a relation it's like yeah girlfriend boyfriend like it just i was able I to i was able to ignore it like i saw it i was like that's yeah. weird but then i was able to like okay that's just, that might have just been the scene it's whatever and i was right. like and i watched and everything was fine and then at the end when she sees him smiling at zendaya she gets this weirdly jealous look on her face for a split second i was like okay now it's back <laughs> <laughs> i I, I saw that too. Although once again, my mind just went, "No, I, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going to keep it more proper." <laughs> to you know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, no, to I, what they're I, wanting. I don't want to think those yeah. things. They <laughs> made me. Yeah, I I thought that too because yeah, she just had this. It didn't feel motherly. No, it no no no. Like not it just the look she have, was giving him. Like they were longing looks. And I don't Whatever. know if that's to do with the fact that their husband is dead or what. But yeah, they were definitely not mom looks. I 
I hope it wasn't the story that was trying to drive that and it was more of just the actress. You know what I'm saying? Just the way that she played the part. Yeah, it just because she just made a bad call. <laughs> yeah, it was just the way that she yeah, the whatever it was. I I don't want yeah. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want I don't want to dive too far into it cuz <laughs> I know better. <laughs> I know better, but yeah, you weren't the you weren't the only one. I, I saw that not too. The only one, because I mean, I felt fucked up for thinking it. <laughs> right, I'm not gonna no, lie. I, I saw that. And I'm like, God, why is it? it seems very yeah, and sexually. Yeah, I, taboo. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she looked like she wanted to just like kiss him real quick. I was like, no. But the 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 Zendaya thing, I think that the look that I got, I I can see where you would say the jealousy too, because I that did blip through my mind as well. Yeah. But my feel on that was she gave him the look of, like, you're just going to just go with it. We don't know shit about these people, and you're already just going to follow them blindly. You know, like, so it was. I feel like it was more of, like, I don't trust this situation, and I'm, I have to kind of follow you, but I don't like this. And, you yeah, know what I mean? One. Like, it's, it was like putting the guards up is, is what yeah, I saw. Yeah, I can see like, that one. I'll, I'll give you, know, you that. I'll give you yeah, that one. That's that's how I felt about that, but I, I that makes me feel slightly better. Not much. Well, but hey, slightly. no, that that jealousy thing slipped in there because of the other thing. So yeah, I had that same thought. So you're not alone on any of that. I didn't like thinking that either, <laughs> but it, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past it either. We get that shit in fucking Game of Thrones, so why not in this? <laughs> we got that in the game. We got that in Game of Thrones episode one. <laughs> yeah, right away. Yep. But <clears throat> George R. R. Martin. <laughs> Him and his penises, too. Where are the dragons coming? Soon. Very soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> and season two. I Not to talk about the Game of Thrones, but I actually thought in the first first season of Game of Thrones, I actually thought it was all supposed to be real, not fantasy, like not straight-up fantasy. You, there wasn't going to be like magic. There weren't going to be dragons yeah, or anything yeah. like that. You thought it was going to be people? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I it was going to be just people, like, I thought everything, like, the whole White Walker thing was explained by, like, you know, just a residue or, like, some kind of chemistry like the, thing. Like, it wasn't, the, like the bad guys in, like, the 13th Warrior. But yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And then it wasn't until you she goes into the fire and then she comes out unharmed with these little baby dragons. I'm like, okay, right. <laughs> now this is what's up. <laughs> so... I got really in, yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, all right, now this is worth watching for sure. (laughs) So, uh, to move on to the rest of this, what would you find to be the most, I don't know, I want to say both intriguing, but like about this film, what did you find yourself to be more enthralled by? I kind of want to understand the Froman culture a little bit more. Like right on. You know, the right like on. especially like the the idea like when when Javier Bardem walks into that office the fir- the fir- the that first time and he immediately spits on the desk. Right. And like everybody reacts like, "Oh shit." And like draws they draw blades on him and Jason Momoa was like, "Oh no, wait, no. This is okay because they're so like scarce with water like that's actually a, like a sign of respect that he gave you some of the moisture from his body. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought that was intriguing. I'm like, okay, well, I'd like to understand that a little further. And like, you get a little bit more like when they, at the end, after the duel, they take the body because like there's moisture and there's water in there. Yep. 
So I, yeah. you get more of that. I'd like to understand more of that culture. I'm um, right there with you. This nomad, uh, nomad kind of lifestyle, these desert people, yeah, really intrigued the shit out of me. Like the I fact agree that they've adapted a walk to like avoid the sandworms. Yeah, interesting. And then when you see towards the end where they're fucking riding one, I was like, damn. Yeah. I mean, they, they they say that they live among the sandworms, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from the get go. Yeah. But well, and like that's when that uh, that Doctor Keens. She's like get. She sets off the 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 popper or whatever. Yeah, to lure thumper. one in the thumper. That's what's called. I couldn't remember what it was called. And she's getting ready to ride one. That like she gets taken out. But yeah, like, uh, yeah. That was that culture would be one that I'd like to see more developed on. I also on a minor note, I want to know why the fucking Baron can float. Um, I obviously had to do something within the, the spine, cybernetics that, on that, his back. Yeah, yeah I, but also. Just because he's too fat to walk? I, th- I think probably. You know, it's okay. probably no probably different than being carried, you know? when. Yeah, I guess. I mean, man, that makes some sense. Because he's so fat son. and so, he's so big. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like, hideously large. And, yeah. uh, and almost deforming, like, but it also seemed like he had muscle, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, fat. Well, yeah, it was, he, like, a muscular build. After they attacked right the, here and in his yeah. shoulders. After they attack the compound and like he's eating at the table, he like floats over the table and lands mm-hmm. next to the to the duke and then walks forward. Yep. So he can walk. Yeah. It's just a matter of like whether he wants to or not, maybe. He's got he's got the girth for sure. And that's what threw me off. It's like, okay, because when he's in the water, when you first see him in the steam bath thing or whatever. Yeah, he's just like sitting there and yeah, you can see and, the cybernetics down his spine. And and it comes off, like I said, more muscular, although you could tell he's big. Yeah, and that's that just completely threw me off until later, and I'm like, he's just a big fat piece of shit. <laughs> like, but he's large. He's a large guy. Like, yeah, he seems like he has a massive head. <laughs> he yeah. makes Dave Bautista look tiny, right? And that's that's got to be a lot. That's a lot of prosthetics and a st- and stilts because there's no way Stellan Skarsgård is taller than J- Dave Bautista. <laughs> I don't think so, but I also don't know how tall either of them are. <clears throat> I think Dave Bautista's six something. And I don't know, tall stones. I guess I don't really need to care, but right, it doesn't really matter in, in the movies because you got camera angles and shit like that. But, right. Uh, either way, the intimid that dude was the the Baron was intimidating yeah. because of his creepiness. Yeah, it wasn't his physical physical appearance wasn't impo- like it's imposing, but not like it doesn't set you off like or put you off at all. Yeah, but like it's the way he delivers his lines. It, it comes out, it reminds me a lot of, I don't know, like just old English films, like medieval time films, you know, I mean, like that cold heartedness, that disconnection yeah. of, I don't want to do whatever I want, that kind of thing. Yeah. You don't matter, so I don't really have to pay attention to you. You're just getting right. me to pay attention to you. That might be a good thing or a bad thing. That's how he treated the Duke when he was lying there before he got gassed. That's how he treated yep. that doctor guy that betrayed yep. them. Uh, two, I was like, this guy doesn't seem like he gives, he doesn't care much about anything. It's just about getting what he wants. He kind of yeah. reminds me of uh, Tim Curry's and the Three Musketeers, the Disney Three Musketeers. Oh, kind of reminds yeah, me of the Cardinal Tim Curry. Whistler. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of that, uh, that guy a little bit. Kind of that mannerism. Yeah. He's, he actually kind of reminds me a little bit of Gary Oldman in uh, The Fifth Element too. Just not as funny. Little, 
yeah, not or, as funny and not as, like, not as personable. Yeah. Um, but like he's very <laughs> much that cold sort of like calculating sort of person. Yeah. Definitely liked him. Uh, yeah, he did a great job. So I agree with you about those desert people though. I thought that was very intriguing and I want to see more about that. And I'm glad that in this part two, we're probably going to get more out of oh, that definitely. for sure. Um, whenever that may be. What but, would you feel? Go for it. One other question. Is the exchange between the the maid and the mother when she hands over that knife? Um, do you remember that part? It's when they first arrive and they've got like a bunch of women lined up and the mother comes in and she dismisses everybody but that one. And she's like, she's doing you're doing the weird sign language to the to the guards. Oh, but she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know you have a weapon on you. And the lady's like, oh, like, it's not a weapon, it's a gift. But, like, I was confused by that whole exchange. And I don't know if I missed something. I must have missed something, too, because I, I know the scene you're talking about. Because later on she dies, and that's how they find out that there's a yeah. betrayer. Like, there's, well, that's how Oscar Isaacs dies. Because yeah, he finds her, and he's like, hey, help. And then the fucking weird thing hits him in the back. Yeah, I don't... I must have missed something too. Cause like it's not like she was naming off a different prophecy or like she like knew something. Like I don't know if she knew that she, you know the I don't know if she, the maid knew oh about the son and his visions, but like she is was she, talking. I don't know because she's a Froman. She, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So they explained about their culture because uh, Zendaya has the same thing. Her character had that knife that her grandmother gave her or something like that, which was uh, the yeah. blade uh, or the tooth of a worm. Yeah, it's made from the tooth of a sandworm, yeah. So then when they have their gifts, they take it serious. Like it's, it, they don't like leave their side kind of thing. It's like a gift and it's sacred to them at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's uh, Jason Momoa's character, do, uh, uh, I almost said Duncan, Duncan explains it to him when he first meets uh, that guy, the Javier Gordon character. He explains about the knife. He's like, well, this guy's got a knife. He won't give it up. And that's when Jason Momoa explains why he won't give it up. Okay. It's, it's I sacred must have missed to that then. Okay. So, yeah, it, it's right there in that exchange when you first introduce Javier's character. Okay. So, okay. Because, yep. like, I didn't understand why she was giving it to Rebecca Ferguson's character. Because she was giving it to her, and, like, she was talking like there was some sort of, like, reasoning behind it. Yeah. But they had never I, met before, and I was very confused by that whole thing. I'm I'm assuming that this prophecy has more to do with that culture, the Freeman culture, and him being their, like, leader. And yeah, that's probably where this whole, basically, yeah. like, lead him out of, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. Like I said, it feels like something I missed, and. I don't know if I want to go back and try and figure it out. but Yeah, and I, th- I think that's where a lot of this density comes into play with politics yeah. versus the religion side of things is it's it's all jumbling together and it's done really well. But yeah, I think there's just a lot that I I might have to read the book to understand more. Right, for sure. Um, which is on my list. I do have it right in my cart. I, I, yeah, those are questions though that I think they also leave you wanting more to pick up the next part, you know, audience I mean? retention. Yeah, because there's a lot of those things. You're like, what's what? What is this? What's the whole drive? But how did you feel about this entire film? 
he's having he's having these visions. Like Paul's having these visions about mm-hmm. Zendaya's character and like getting stabbed and having to die so he can be reborn and yeah. this and that by that one guy that he gets in a fight with later on, right? Yeah. Then they they cross the desert, they go through all that shit, and then he gets in that fight with that guy. And that fight was very, like, I want to say lame, but it was not at all the way that I expected it to go because they made it seem like that that guy, I can't remember his name, but that guy was a badass warrior and he was a great fighter. And, you know, like, the challenge, this mm. stranger, he was going to die, you know, because that's what Zendaya said. Well, I, he won't, you know, he'll kill you quick. He's not going to let you suffer. So yeah. have a good death. I'm, I'm out. Yeah, have and, a good death. Here's my knife. Yeah. And so they had like absolutely no faith in that guy and and uh, Paul, but they had all the faith in them. And it was a complete roleverse. Yeah. Paul was just playing with this fucking guy. And well, that was that was a really interesting. Part was like it's it's a moment for Paul because yeah. it's the yeah. first time he takes a life. Yeah. And when you become a leader in that sort of like that sort of war, and so if you're going to be that kind of leader, you've got to learn that you're going to have to take lives. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you it's a, do the hard it's stuff. Weird, it's a weird <laughs> moral sort of like blow to hit. Like it's it's building a character for him. Well, this um, whole entire film is a coming of age. Yeah, for sure. In, in and a very like, dense political sci-fi way. Yeah, and this is very much like the climax part of like the coming of age. Like this is yeah, this is the ultimate thing. Like this is this is this is where you, you know, got to be a man. Now. I think it's you refer to as being blooded at that point. Like you've yeah. taken a life. Yep. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole that, thing where they're like, "Why is he toying with him? Why won't he finish yeah. him?" Like, he's, and his mom's like, "He's never taken a life before." Yeah, and that's why everyone's like, "Ah, oh, shit." <laughs> yeah, but he did it. Yeah, he did he it. Did it. Now, here's what I took from that entire thing: he went against his destiny. Well, and I was gonna say because oh, when he's talking, oh, here we that, go. Pause, pause that real quick because Jason okay. is. Jason oh, wants to come in. Only fifty minutes late. All right. <laughs> And now he's a square. He always was. <laughs> there he is. Can you guys already start? We we started, yeah. Oh, We've yeah. been talking for like an hour, so we're wrapping it up. No, I'm just <laughs> Not quite wrapping up. So um I'll I'll backtrack the question though. So <clears throat> uh, uh Jason, welcome. Welcome to those who are listening. He wasn't in the beginning of this because he was rushing home from hunting. So, yeah, my son shot his first deer and it was big. And uh, yeah, that's that. <clears throat> well, congratulations to him. We were just talking about something very similar. So, yeah, cool <laughs> so, if it if it right in with this. So, Jason, you saw the movie, right? Yeah. We yep. We yeah, we assume. Uh, so I am bringing up the question to uh, Aram about how he felt about. Paul, the main guy, Timothy, uh, the actor, Shall Timothy's man. character. Yep. Yep. How he had these visions, and he was they were supposed to be like the the visions of his path, like his his destiny, and that, and then he has his uh, political side that he's supposed to be following in the footsteps of his, you know his father and stuff like that. So th- he's being torn between what he wants to like trying to find his own way, not disappoint his family. And do what he needs to do for them, and then he has this this destiny that he's trying to figure out and understand, and and whatever. So he's being tugged all over. But at this point, 
I I brought up when when they go to meet the the Freeman, right? The Freeman is how they say it. Froman. Uh, for Froman people, the desert people, and then he gets challenged by the guy that he's had premonitions about. Mm-hmm. And he in the premonitions or in the dreams that he's having, those visions, they they basically tell him that he needs to be yeah he needs to die so he can be reborn into the leader. And at this point, he's fighting that guy, and it wasn't. The same way, he even before the fight, he's he's hearing the voices going in his head saying, just don't resist, don't resist, just let it happen. You need to die to be reborn. Don't resist. And yet he's fighting this guy. And the 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 terms of this fight, this challenge, didn't go at all what, what was expected. Like the Paul was playing with this guy. And then, you know, like the warriors around him basically thought that this guy's a great warrior, so he's going to kill this newcomer who knows anything about the stranger. And then they find out, oh, he's toying with him? Like, even asked the, the mom, he's like, is he toying with him? And the mom's like, well, he's never taken a life before. And that's where you stepped in because we, Aaron was just explaining about well, that two situation. Things, um, there's two things I was going to say about that. One, when the nun is talking to him, and I keep calling her a nun because I don't remember the fucking name of the order. Yeah, um, <laughs> But like when she's talking to him in the beginning, she's like, do your premonition, do your visions always happen the way you see them? And he says, not all the time. Mm-hmm. So he even says like, they're not 100% accurate. Like sometimes they change. And also there's there's probably a metaphor to be noted in so much that like the child version of Paul dies when he takes that man's life. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's sort of a metaphor in there if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, um, an interpretation. Much, yeah, terp- yeah, and because I mean, like, even all the stuff that he knows about the desert and stuff like that is taught by to him in his visions by that guy. Yeah. So it, it's a weird sort of fucking yeah, cycle. I I could see that, and that's a that's a very it's a point I didn't think about. So I like that because, like you're saying, it's it's an interpretation, so it's not taken so literal. And in the, yeah. I guess in a facet of the way that films create these kind of premonitions or revisions, I I guess I intended it to be more literal. Yeah. You know, than they were, I mean, to a point. And I looked at it as uh, he was denying those premonitions or those visions, saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. And he changed his own path. Because if he followed that path, then it's one way, but he changed his own path by not being stabbed or whatever, even if it was a reborn thing, and he took yeah. the life. But the way that you said that, I think that 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 was. I feel like that's more appropriate. I like that, Jason. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I I looked at it like Aaron because uh, I like what his dad said to him. He was like, "You you can find your own way to this political thing, and it's probably gonna. You know, I found my own way. I told my dad no when I was your age and all this stuff, and I ended, I ended up with the ring anyways." And I took my own path, and he was like, "You'll end up with this ring in your own way," and that's what happened. So, like, and he did whole, exactly <laughs> the, because of the the guy that actually betrayed the doctor, betrayed yep. the father, all that. I'm sure you guys discussed, <clears throat> but uh, so yeah, his his entire everything he knows and everything he grew up with is. It's all dead now. Now he's going to learn to live off the fucking sand and and be trained and become a whole different person and <laughs> more of a badass in my eyes. So, yeah, his past, his uh, history is dead now. And he's going to be reborn into something more 
spectacular. Uh, right Jason on. just Jason just brought up a point that I uh, hadn't really thought of. It's but this is just about the movie in general. It's 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 intricately worded. Like everyone takes everything to the literal sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, between the the Baron betraying the nuns, saying he's like, I said I wouldn't hurt them. You put them out in yeah. the desert. Sandworms will take care of them. To yeah. the doctor saying like, oh, well, he has my wife. The price was you. I'll do everything I can for your wife and your son. But like the price was you. And then subsequently the doctor is killed because he's like, I said you could join her. Join her. And he slits his throat. Um, all that is, I just happened to think about that for a second. The fact that everyone takes <clears throat> everything to the literal sense instead yeah. of implied sense. And that's... Which that's, is a very political. Yeah. I mean... You're you're dabbling. We we already mentioned the duality between the the, I mean the, we'd mentioned it, but not in the duality sense. Is you have politics and religion, and in this film, it's one and the same. They blend it, but yet yeah. you have a duality between them. With like what you're saying, your politics and your religion are two different things at the exact same thing. Religion is faith. It's it's a belief. So it's there implied. is no yeah. It's all implied. But politics is it's factual. It's it's in design. It is. It's all in how it's written. For you to go, this is how it is. It is what it is. Here it you is. Take the so. exact words you have and you interpret them however it benefits you the best. So yeah, that's that's a very uh, it's a very it's a good analysis to to determine on that literal sense versus implied sense yeah. politics over religion. And once again, we are led because it's a facet of this. The film is I took it so literal. Like, this is what he's supposed to do. He thought, yeah. you know, he was supposed to do it this way. Instead, he took control, which you're, you guys are, are saying it's the way he interpreted it, and I really like your interpretation to it. I think uh, I agree. Both of you. Both of you had that. And, and I must say, out of all of this, like, the, the politics and stuff, like, I thought his father, I thought Paul's father was going to be more of a ruthless asshole than he was. Right. There's something about this film that made me feel like he was going to be just an asshole. But he was farthest from being an asshole. He was, he was actually, down to earth, yeah. Yeah, like the conversation he, he had with his kind. son. Yeah, mm -hmm. conversation that he had with his son was stern but enduring and loving. And it wasn't forceful. It was just an implication going, hey, you're going to get there some at some point. It's just when and how you do it. It was, it was beautiful. Like <laughs> I think it's interesting to take that. Like, it's taking that trope of like you know, the you, know, you have like the idea that you have to follow in your father's footsteps, become what he was, and not want to for Paul's like for Paul's side of things, mm -hmm. but to not have it be that you don't like the father. Yeah, you know, because it's usually it was, the trope it was, is the uh, father's it's an uh, asshole. Resentment. Yeah, usually it's out of father's an asshole. You don't want to be like him, and it's it. This is it's just not the life he wants, and his father's like. Sorry, like, yeah, like yeah. I love well, you. Like, I wish I could change things for you, but this is just how it is. I understand you, this is the way of the world, the way of our family, the legacy. And yeah, and he and used that, his example on that too by saying, Hey, I told my father the same thing, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, yeah. but here I am, I have the ring now. <laughs> yeah, so. it just it takes those tropes and it just turned it on its side a little bit. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the cold, the cold. The beginning of this film and the cold tones that they have, the political, military-esque, where it's just a straight-cut, narrow, hardcore, 
this and that. Because even uh, Gurney, who is probably one of the most hardcore, most like harshest of them all, yeah. he even had some sympathy and, and cared because when they were doing their little practices, right? And then afterwards, he's like, you just don't understand, dude. He like holds him by the head and, and an endearing term of like, I, I yeah. just, I love you kids. Like, I love you, you know? And not a like shaking some sense into him. It's more of like a, a, a empathetic, oh, you know, got to care for you. But I, I just don't know what else to say. And the, the tough away. love sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know. You just it's the culture that they have. But in our minds and the way that they perceive the the way that I felt the film was perceiving it is it was going to be a lot colder than that. Mm-hmm. Until yeah. you get to the mother. That mother with the whole box. I just, they keep calling her the mother, so that's all I can call her. That creepy old lady. Oh, yeah. Uh, the nun. Yeah. Yeah, with, with she, the box. I think in they're her witches. Hand. Or sorceresses, something like that. Yeah. Whatever it is, the, that little box of pain. Yep. That was the most, out of the entire film, that was the most intimidating, intense scene, I, I, I thought, in the entire Agreed. film. Nothing else yeah. creeped me out and was more disturbing than that lady in that little box situation. Because there was absolutely Especially no... With that pin next to his neck. Yeah, like, it was just... I, it, for me, it was her. She was just so discomforting. Like, there was just some, nothing about her I liked. She made me feel very uncomfortable. She is, she is cold to the nth degree. Like, other people are, like, cut, like, cut off, like... There's not a lot of emotion that comes out of Batista for the most part. And like the Baron doesn't show a ton of emotion, but like they still have some emotion. She has zero. Yeah. She is ice. She's even when we see her certain purpose. Like yeah, yeah, no even, even later on. <clears throat> yeah, even later on when you see her and she tells that little creature pet thing to go away. She uses the and, voice. Yeah. And like the guy's like, I don't think it understands you. And she uses it and it walks away. He's like Oh, it understood. <laughs> yeah. Still completely stone faced, like made out of fucking yep. granite. Like yeah. the most emotion you get out of her is when she refers to Rebecca Ferguson's character and is like saying, You th- you know, we told you to only have daughters, yet you wanted to bring about the the savior or whatever. And she's like, such a waste of potential on a male. Yeah. Which I thought was funny for some. I was like, okay, well, that was weird. Sort of very, thing to say, but very, I guess very, that that whole order is just women, so like I get it. But yeah, the Amazonian right there. Yeah, Paul's mother, she flat out was like, "Yeah, we took carefully uh, uh, blended bloodlines to create you. <laughs> We're trying to create the one. That was that was that was weird. Uh, so she, she knew what she was doing. So that witch lady is pretty pissed off. I will say though, that does also play into uh, the feminine qualities that Paul has. He's not, sure. as, he's not as built like his father or like Duncan or anybody else. And he has more of an elegance. He's thinner, more petite. Got sort of he's a got, dancer's body. <clears throat> he's just very, very more, he's less masculine and has a, a bit of both. Because uh, he's got the, the, the cheekbones the and the jawline that's more masculine, but he's got a very feminine feature. Mm-hmm. And maybe he, that plays into it, uh, his, some of what you're saying. His fighting style is much different, it seemed, than everyone else's. Like it was like the, dancing, like like well, yeah, and like Duncan like uses swords, whereas it looked like Paul used knives. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like so it. 
as, as nerdy as it's going to sound, it plays into the D&D sort of idea. Like, he's much more of a rogue than he is a warrior. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. Yep. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like a half-elf yeah, rogue. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, but... Uh, what are we anticipating about the upcoming events? What is uh, what do you think is going to happen next? Some, definitely going to ride some sandworms. Do you know? Do we know that it's just going to be like a part one and part two, and that's it? Or do we? Yeah, have an I idea? know. I know that uh, Denis or whatever this director's name is, he signed Dennis. up to make. It's 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 spelled Dennis, but I guess it's pronounced it's Denis pronounced or something. It. Well, he's French Canadian, so yeah, okay. Um, but he <laughs> he signed up. Weird. He he signed yeah. up for this project, not guaranteed a part two. So it's another one of those Jupiter Jupiter Legacy type of things where mm. this movie is gonna suck balls and be a waste of time if we don't get a part two because this entire movie is I liked it. It looked great. Music was spot on, yeah. but it was it was entirely a setup for the conclusion. You know, yeah, yeah, um, and I it was a little slow here and there, but so there's um, we we need to be checking our phones and Google to see if it gets signed on for a part two. I have no doubt that Facebook will blow the fuck up if it gets a part two, right? Well, I hope it I, gets a part two because there's a lot that needs to be fucking answered, and I want to see them fucking ride some worms. So basically, the money needs to be there to cover well, the production costs for them to get a. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Well, here, here. Let's put it this way. Uh, domestically, opening weekend, which is literally right up to today, it made uh, forty million one hundred. Now, the budget of this film is one hundred sixty-five million, but worldwide, worldwide, this is worldwide box office gross two hundred and twenty million dollars seven hundred. Oh, we should be good to go then. So it yeah, made okay. its money back. It made twenty five percent of it back just in the states, and that's opening weekend. But that's worldwide, at least. Yeah. So, but forty million. Yeah, I mean, that's sure. that's not terrible, uh, but not for a budget film like that. So, it it could in the next month. It, I don't know how that they, they determine that whether or not it's quarterly or right away. I don't really know how that's determined. But let's say in the next three months, it definitely, I, I couldn't see where it wouldn't get its money back domestically. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I can't see where it's not oh, just yeah. going to increase. Like I said, it made it back. It made a quarter of it back in the first weekend. I can't imagine it won't make its money back in a month. Right. But worldwide, though, it definitely made its money. So yeah. I don't see why they couldn't do it unless they yeah, just didn't I, get enough hit in dom- domestically where they were like, oh, well, we're not going to take the chance. Fuck it, man. Come on. Yeah. Don't do that to me. Right. <laughs> It's another thing for us to rage about. You remember, you remember when they actually used to, no matter how bad it was, they used to actually make sequels and trilogies. They issued, they had a conclusion. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because it used to be art. It used to be an art instead of you know a money making scheme. Yeah, it's the world we live now, in now. Yeah, now it's an art that needs to make money. Yeah. Some sometimes, sometimes it's not even fucking art. <laughs> yeah, the art is True. very. Far and few between nowadays in the <coughs> art form, mm, which yeah. is yeah. Well, Jason, since you're kind of a, a late joiner, what do you have to say about this film? Is there anything you want to get off your chest about it? Like we kind of touched basis on like the pol- uh, the political side of things. We take touch base with the the production, you know, like the budget, the cast, the cinematography, 
Uh, what what do you? I thought this uh, movie was very atmospheric. Uh, it was a lot of showing the world and the, the atmosphere around the. It wasn't really focused on characters. I, I don't know. It showed me the world, and it was very wide and broad. The cinematography it looked great. Uh, they had a couple of good one-liners in there for the dialogue. It was all very life dropping life lessons like a motherfucker, and I thought it was well said, uh, poetically. Uh, uh, Duncan, I think the Chris Momoa. Yeah, he was like he had a lot of heart and charm and humanity to his character that brought to the screen. Uh, for that storyline, being, being the badass he's supposed to be, yeah, mm-hmm. and he and I, I like a warrior that could be badass and still fucking, mm-hmm. I don't know, show compassion and, and all that stuff. Like his little thing about the 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 Freeman, Froman, <laughs> Froman. I don't know why. Whatever. F Roman. Uh, there, F Roman. There, Those are the sand people, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. The whole culture, like when he comes back and he was explaining to their them about their people and they're like oh you've got native on us it's like and he's like oh it sounds like you have a lot of respect for him it's like absolutely (laughs) it's like that to me remind me a lot of the last samurai uh Mm. with the tom cruise thing where you know he lived yeah he like it was it was it just that was the first film that made me like popped up when i heard that was that comparison of tom cruise and the last samurai and that he had that relationship with the uh, the Native Americans. You know, he felt compassion for him. He he sympathized or whatever, and he he liked he liked those people. And then he goes and he has to go on kidnap on his Asian, and he kind of converts over to their way of living because, you know, he he respected them. And that's kind of like hearing that in this film. I really liked that culture. He's a man of the world. And yeah, and he was showing slight disrespect to the Lord. And there was people that were yelling at him, like, when you talk to Paul's father, you say, my Lord, or you show respect. And he was just like, nope, I don't do that no more. <laughs> so there, I thought that was cool. There was, yeah, like I said, there's just, there was this complete opposite feeling towards this whole hierarchy, military stature mm-hmm. of a culture that, I just did not expect. There's heart in this 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 community, this these people, and uh, no little fucked up in some parts. But uh, Jason, I do want to ask you this to see if you picked up on it. Did you have any weird feelings towards the mother and son relationship? Mm. No, you um, fucking wouldn't pick up on it. Uh, Why? Well, <laughs> There was something with the water in the beginning, but I don't I don't know. I can't think of anything particular. Why? What 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 are you guys? There was an odd moment when they're in the desert towards the end of the movie and both Tim and I have picked up on it pretty quickly. Oh, when they're undressing and and they're getting yeah. into their still suits and how he looks behind them. Yeah. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> no, no, she looks behind her. Yeah, okay, it was that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Basically, we we just quickly yeah. had this incestual feeling like oh, oh is that there? Let's hope it's not. And just yeah, try to that's move right. On. There was that, and yeah, I did. I was like, yeah, you might love your son a little too much. <laughs> that's what Aram said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Like, well, I said, and it, like you said, and Tim and I had a discussion about the last time we see the mother, and I thought it was a little bit of jealousy because uh, Paul's looking at Zendaya, mm. and she's like smiling, and she's not smiling. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. let's put this away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope they fucking don't follow up with that in part two because that'll ruin yeah, it. That for makes me. three of us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I already got enough of my incestual thing from. Game of Thrones. I don't need any more. Yeah, I don't need no more Lannister family shit. Nope. Yeah. But maybe that's the pure blood stuff that, that those witch people were talking about. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Don't do it. <laughs> don't fucking do uh, it, people. All right. Uh, Jason, what was your favorite favorite part about this film? Did you have one? It was the same people. I don't think that was, was in the film. Uh <laughs> Yeah, the music music was way better than that. What I just did. Uh, I think it was you think probably, it's Star Wars. The the music I really fucking loved that the tension it brought and I don't know it it just fit the tone and of the movie and the worlds and everything that was going on. Uh, then I like the suits, the whole blue and red thing. You know. Like fatal hits oh, are the, red. The shields. The shields. There we go. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I really thought that was interesting, and they were way more prominent they were than they were in the original. Um, I I to to quickly interrupt yeah. you on that. That the shield thing was actually quite fascinating for how like primitive it seemed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also had that like a, a not a malfunction, but there's a weak weak spot. You know, like the yeah, slow, slow blade yep. can cut through. I just thought or that just was, applied pressure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just thought it was brilliant. I just mm-hmm. that was such like a detailed thing that just you would think, oh, it's a shield, a body shield. Maybe if you get hits several times, it'll go away. But no, it was like the slow. So when you see Jason you Momoa fight, precise. Yeah, when you see Jason Momoa fight, those fight scenes, you saw his quick reaction when it came to like the uh, the defensive scenes, you know, parts of his his fighting style. But when he was going for the offense, it was just this slow cut and and slice through. Mm-hmm. And it was all, I just, I thought his fighting style through this film was like a, like a fucking dance. It yeah. was so smooth and precise and controlled. And it wasn't like force. It wasn't like a bunch of like, hey, I need to throw my body into this. It was all about moving in and finding the right spot to slowly go in and slice. I just thought it was yeah. great. Yeah, I thought that was super awesome. Yeah, uh, for well sure. done to this to the to that those people who help do that fight right. scenes and shit because that's thought out. Yes, yeah, small detail too. It's not something you <coughs> you know think about. And I <laughs> I thought the the big bad was menace. Uh, oh, menace. The yeah, the Baron. The, every every time he was in the sh- the scene. It just looked amazing, and he he just seems like he's gonna be a menacing badass, big bad, and I look forward to seeing him in part two. It's always dark in his scenes, even when it's well lit. It's dark. Yeah, which <laughs> I think know? is appropriate, and because he's yeah. he's the just an really evil well. ass motherfucker. I basically <clears throat> got the feeling of that's the Darth Vader side of the the world. Yeah, uh, because mm-hmm. everybody is pale, pale, yeah. pale, pale. It's like there's no sun, and that's basically how I thought was, uh, yeah, you know, like the Darth Vader world. You know, the volcano layer yeah. in, in Star Wars. I don't know what that 
place is called. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's what I thought. It's called Lava Lamp. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if I told you this, Jason. No, no, I didn't tell you because I haven't talked to you. But I, I mentioned that when I saw this film, my first thought was uh, Blade Runner meets Star Wars. Yep. Um, it had the the style, the camera style, the director style, and cinematographer style of Blade Runner. But it had the culture, it had the, the feel, it had the, the tone and the life of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the way the clothes, yeah, the world, the clothes, everything about the, the culture of the film uh, was presented as Star Wars. But yet, you know, you had that style of, of Blade Runner. And the, the director did do Blade Runner, so that did make sense. Okay. I, and I really like the fucking heli- dragonfly helicopters or whatever. I really like those. Those are cool. Those were so cool. Did 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 you guys like question it at first though when you saw there was like is that like that's a dragonfly and like <laughs> or did you just immediately go oh that's super badass because well, it it reminded me of it took me a while to get the dragonfly but I was like this is like a bee or some shit that, I don't know but I just I thought was, <laughs> I was confused because like the pads seemed like they were like one above the other I was mm-hmm. like how are they not just fucking hitting each other. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's that vibration thing for sure, and I, yeah. I'm glad I that they, real, I'm glad I got they real showed mad about that. that for a second. <laughs> but they they did a really good job at showing that, you yeah. know, like the, yeah. the closeness and how it would like slowly, and then when it, it did, it, it it all had its sec yeah, its it, like it would move. But I agree. I'm like, how are those things not fucking hitting each other? Like, and I think that the I thought it was ridiculous. Honestly, I thought they were cool. I liked it. I accepted it a little bit later after I went, that's fucking ridiculous. And then I saw it move and I was like, all right, that's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that. It, it was Yeah, because they had a couple of good scenes of pilot, intense, or pilot chase scenes or whatever that yeah. went really, really well for entertainment purposes. What's up, Aram? It, it, it just explained the, I think the one bit of trailer that I saw. I remember seeing something, I was like, is that a fucking helicopter? And I was very confused, and I didn't go back to watch it again, but that explained what I saw. When I saw it, I was like, oh, those were the helicopter things. Okay. (laughs) Something I've always done with sci-fi films is I absolutely love watching the architecture of ships because Mm -hmm. you, when you're dealing with sci-fi, man, there's there's like a lot, depending on how in-depth it gets and how big world, like Star Wars is massive, they come up with, amazing spaceships and spacecrafts and stuff like that, or just the architecture, I think, is really cool and how different they can make things. And it's not yeah. going to be anything like something else, some other uh, you know, like sci-fi thing like Star Trek. They don't have crossover styles of, yeah. you know? And so I was, like, watching this film, and there were a couple things I was like, man, like that big giant cylinder spaceship <laughs> that's just like... Oh, yeah. Just like popped out little like fucking pods. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was just so cool. And then the other ships that they had and stuff like that, like the little dragonfly things. I just thought it was super cool and how unique they can make these these designs of these crafts and stuff. I will say though that there's one ship that they have that reminded me totally of the desert people. Those little people in robes. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, the one sh- on the. It was on the sand, the spice or something. It was the spice harvester. Yeah, I believe. Uh, I don't it think it was like, the harvester, but it was something no. in that. It was something in that that world in that. Uh, was it the that, thing that, that got eaten by the sandworm? No, 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 I, no, not no. That. It's, okay. it's. But I know what you're very... talking about. It was in his premonition a lot, or no, no, it wasn't. I don't know. I think I it was just in saying. the background. 
But it totally looked it like... It looked just the, like the fucking yeah. uh, A New Hope. <clears throat> yeah, those little sand people's giant... When Luke buys uh, C-3PO <clears throat> or yeah. R2. Yeah, buys them both, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, all right. Jason, got anything else you want to mention or say? <clears throat> no. Was there anything that disappointed you or impressed impressed you about this film? Not, uh, impressed by the dialogue, the visuals, the music, the fighting, the shields. Uh, all the act, Josh, all the actors were, I thought, nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we mentioned that too. I feel like there might have been one that I was like a little. It could have been the mom, maybe. I don't know. We, we mentioned that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was a little teetering for me. <clears throat> uh, uh, Aram said yeah. she was very muted, and I agree with that. Mm, uh, her, I like that. Her, her character really didn't, personally to me, didn't seem like it made much of a difference. She was it's there, good. but you could have just taken her out of the equation and the movie would have ran just fine. Mm. Uh, and then... For as important as Zendaya's character was, she was in it very little. Yeah, yeah she'll yeah. be prominent I, I, in part two, but... Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, also, Aaron pointed out about all these characters, or all all the, not the actors, but the characters... We're all sidekicks to the uh, to Paul. Paul was just what? what how did you say that? It was like everybody every, was leading so him every, somewhere. Every character other than Paul is in service to Paul's journey. Yeah, they don't have any sort of. They don't have any sort of um, self. So they don't have any sense of self other than to move Paul's story forward. Yeah. No one has their own like their own inner turmoil. There's nothing going on with them. Everything is about Paul. Yeah, it's all about yeah. his focus and his his place to move forward and his whatever, whether it's being the messiah or being the political leader. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. I thought that that was really. I didn't think about that until you brought that up, and I thought it was a really good point to bring up too, because that's the whole point about the whole messiah complex. Is other yeah. people are making him the messiah. He's not doing it. <laughs> it's other people, and he it's he really, mentions it's that an in, it's an inverse of the messiah complex. Yeah. He even says that too. He's like, it's it's what they think or you know it's not not who i am it's what they think i am so yeah and i like how he delivered that whole uh i think you guys i don't know he, he's put on this pedestal and he's like just not a baby about not wanting to do it he's kind of like i don't know just trying to find his own way to do it without mm-hmm. being a little me i don't wanna like we've yeah. seen before a million times that's and, actually and, because he doesn't want to, but he doesn't. He's not annoying about it. Yeah, he's not whining. Yeah, he's never whining about it. He he has a, a slight little mental breakdown where he yells at his mother in the tent, saying, "You did this he, to me." He's yeah. also tripping balls at that point, right? right. He's, he's a little. He's just. He's fucking. Yeah, he's upset. So he's, he just found out he lost his dad. Like now, there's this whole other fucking thing. He's dealing with his emotions, so he lashes out a little. Which bit. is, I think, which is fair. And it was true. Pri- <laughs> yeah. He wasn't lying. I think the prime example, I think the prime example of him not whining about it, but not wanting to do what everyone else wanted is when he tells his father, he's like, I think I could serve a better purpose mm. being a scout or a, a whatever. Like when he's trying to go first with Duncan, yeah. he's like, I think I can do something more this way. And that's the prime example. He's not, he's not whining. He's not cowering behind something. He's not saying, I don't want to do this. Wah. He's saying, I don't want to do this because I think I'm better served doing this. Yeah, yeah well, and he's also and, not overly cocky about, you know, I got all these yeah, skills, I'm strong as fuck, 
I don't need to listen to you people. I fuck you up at any time. He doesn't go that route either. He just yeah, plays never the perfect uses middle his, ground. And he never it's uses his title. Yeah, and he never right. uses his title ever. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's actually I don't think anybody like uses their title in that area, to be honest. Like they they mention their titles. The titles are used, but they never they never the use it. I can think of is when he's taught when the father is talking to Javier Bardem. He's like, as long as like this is I was given this to rule over as my fief. I can tell you that as long as I rule here, your town, your sieges will be your own. You will never yeah. be hunted. And that's about mm. as far as he goes with, this is my title, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, and he says the same thing about, well, as long as you don't cross into our desert. And they says, like, I can't guarantee I can't cross into your desert to do business. Yeah, it's part yeah. of my job, is all yeah. he's saying. And so, yeah, like, that's the lead into that speech, that little statement. Like, this was given to me as my fief. Like, I'm supposed yeah. to rule here. I just thought that was very clever and something that, once again, it was a small detail into a conversation of dialogue that made a world... A whole like it put a perspective into that kind of spectrum of what's going yeah. on and the respect and everything. Because, but there that's was politics no. at its most. That's probably politics at its kindest. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or most <laughs> respectful, I should say. Most that's respectful. probably politics yeah. is most respectful. Yeah. Yeah. I was. The the more we talk about this, the more I'm really realizing how the politics, actually, phenomenally done. Like for for oh, not yeah, being into the politics. Movie. I guess it's just not giving a two fucks about it. Apparently, I cared a little bit more than I thought because a lot of this politics <laughs> well, stuff is standing out to me a lot more. We talk about it, <laughs> and like I said, when when once you get out of Atreides and you get onto Arrakis, like they weave the politics much more seamlessly into the story. Yeah, it's not as a- like jammed, fucking packed as it is like when they're not there. Yeah, and and like I said a lot of the beginning of it, the first 20 minutes of the film or even 30 minutes of the film where it was all very traditional ceremonial stuff and it's yeah. very boring. So, But it was still cool that they were in that world, the water world or whatever it's called, Atreus or something. Atreus because is that, it's Atreides. House Atreides, but Atreides, is the name. Yeah. Because I assume the, the world is The that. original is all in the sand world, so you don't even see like their homeland or these people they just travel to the sand world right away, and then it's there. Yeah. So I was, it was just cool to see their their homeland, and it, uh, it looks spectacular. So there's something that Family Guy has ruined for me for, since I first saw the episode. It's ruined it for me. And it's where Peter's like, oh, I love when they say the name of the movie or the title of the, the movie in the film. This, oh, yeah, when yeah. this is my Dune. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, yeah. Every film <laughs> I watch or every series I watch, from that moment I've seen that that Family Guy episode, I look for that now. <laughs> and yeah, that was the moment I was waiting for it. Yeah, it's just it's it's ruined it for me because I can't. Help yeah, it. every single freaking film sure. I watch. And I mean, uh, you guys like yeah. the sandworms? Did you guys talk about them at all? It's Shy better than it? the giant condoms that they used in uh, David Lynch's right. film. So. But you barely even see the actual. They never jump out of the sand, really. You just see the fucking the mouth. They're supposed to be four hundred kilometers long. I don't think you're supposed to see all of them. <laughs> I know, no. They they kept it subtle, and it was a smart move. You just see them, you know. But but they didn't around in the sand and then eating some shit with their yeah, big they, ass mouth. They still introduced it though. Like you still got mm-hmm. to see it, and that was yeah. cool. Yeah. It wasn't you like still it was felt like felt the threat. You felt yeah, the threat of them absolutely. without being seeing the entire. 
entity. Yeah, especially <clears throat> when it ate uh, ate up the uh, the crawler thing. Yep. Um, yeah. I thought that was really cool because then you really got the mass of this thing. Yeah. And they, that was a big one too. I think they said yeah. it was like it was yeah. A they said that's the one they said was like oh it's like almost like four hundred kilometers long, right? Or something so, like that. Yeah. Which I don't I, know why they're using kilometers or the metric system in that fucking century. They haven't invented something new, right? Because this is like supposed to be like ten thousand years in the future yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's ten thousand forty one BC or AD one ninety one. Back in time, ten one ninety one. Time is time is a circle. It's. Or a spiral, depending on how you want to look at it. And there's only know, one fucking know. ingredient for space travel and all this cool space stuff. It's spice. Spice. Har- so, harvesting oh, spice. In, in, interstellar travel. Interstellar. Not space travel. Interstellar. Yeah, interstellar. Travel. yeah, where they just they just pop up anywhere. It's yeah. it's the new oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that, it was a different type of oil, basically. Yeah. And only one planet has it. Yeah. And I I was. Like the entire time they were talking about it when they were hovering over, seeing, oh, I want to see the spice fields, right? Oh, you could see it by the coloration. And I'm like, where is it? I don't see it. I didn't it. see it. That's kind of what I said. <laughs> I was like, why? what are they talking what about? What am I missing? <laughs> right? And it wasn't until he like picked up the sand and you saw the, the sparkling. I'm like, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so subtle. I felt, but... I felt the exact same way. They are like, oh, you can see it but from a higher vantage. I can't see it now. I was no. making it easier if I get up higher. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. At the moment, I was like moving my head like, <laughs> like where is it I hate when I like, do that because that doesn't I like, help I, I paused the, the screen for a second I was like yeah, I, didn't, <laughs> I couldn't see it so yeah. but I was glad to see that you could see it in the sand when he grabbed it and you can see the sparkle yeah. I was like oh there it is because it's so subtle and I was like well that makes sense <laughs> yeah you know yeah uh, that line about oh you can see it better blah 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 I was like that's bullshit right <laughs> I also you can see the ship better I also really like their coffee Yeah, when they uh, when they go into that spitting in the mug. Yeah. Okay. He's like, oh, did not even think about it. There's coffee. I was like, I thought they were just just doing spice so they could trip, like because they they use it as a hallucinogen to like see certain things. Yeah, that's where they get their like blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were just gonna try tripping balls. I was like, I I didn't even think of it as coffee. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I just because when the lady walks in and asks us, can you get us a cup of coffee? I didn't even think about that. You know, there's, they weren't going to use water, <laughs> like just a jug of water or anything. And then I started seeing them spit, and I'm like, oh. I was like, okay, I don't want any no, coffee. No, 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 no. I also like how it was just there to show you that, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any water. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> the same so. thing as in Waterworld when fucking Kevin Costner pees in that thing. Mm-hmm. There's no clean water, so there you go. Just so yeah. you know, this is how we make it. Yep. Yeah, it's just there just for a little little fun thing <laughs> and then move on with their life. Yep. <laughs> I like things like that, though. It's Like you said, it's yep, those so details. You can, it's so you can know that the post-apocalypse is gross. Yeah, it's, it's going <laughs> to suck. Just wait until you run out of toilet paper. You have to go right. back to using hay where there is no hay. So it's just Chain your hand. <laughs> No, it's the three three she cells. He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> it doesn't uh, make any sense. <laughs> you know, you don't understand. You'd that? know if you'd watched uh, Demolition Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh. 
Okay. Oh, you were just saying the three seashells doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense in general. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think there's a, you find online that somebody tried to explain what the three seashells. <laughs> I don't think they even tried. I think, I think one of I the think writers figured did. it out. Yeah, it, it, you can find it online. It's probably about scraping, scooping it out. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah. Let's talk more. <laughs> okay. <I'm> t- <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell me more. Tell me more. Jason's taking notes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, uh, yeah, what, you got anything else you want to mention? Uh, I'm good. No? No. I cool. summed up everything I like. Yep. Um, do you guys cool. talk about murders or no? No, we no. figure we'll wait until next week because this is just an extra episode. So gotcha. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, what do you what do you give this this rating for? Because uh, the, the reviews have actually been really good. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, like I think it got like eighty, like eight point seven percent or whatever out of ten on IMDb yeah, right. or something like that. Like it's it's gotten some decent reviews. I can't imagine nerds giving it any less. Well, and. Yeah, so IMDb rating, it was 8.3 out of 10. That's not bad. That's, That's a solid B. Uh, Metascore 75, I guess. It's a C. Yeah, I don't know what uh, Rotten Tomato... I don't know. I was if not... Rotten Tomatoes knows any better, they'll keep their fucking mouth shut, probably. Yeah, right? Fuck them. But I was oh. going to give it a 4 out of 5. Wow. Four. Oh, wow. Okay. So Rotten Tomato. Uh, audience score, 91%. Mm. That's impressive. And then the Tomato Fresh is 82%. Mm. All right. Not like I give a fuck. Sometimes it's they just, get it right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I like to, uh, basically, I just like to see what other people yeah. view. So There's I can go, well, that's bullshit. Tomatoes, it seems corporate. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. The pacing was not as bad. As I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a slow burn and feel like it was going to took forever to get to the end of the movie, but it didn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for a two and a half hour setup movie, it went really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that was something that we mentioned right away too, because I I thought the pacing was done well enough. Like there, the beginning of it was probably the slowest part. Yeah, and um, then they just had just those right things to keep you interested. Yeah, the explosions came so right when you beast. needed one. Yeah. Needed them. Yeah, yeah, when shit went down, like that whole battle fight scene midway through the film that was pretty intense they rained fucking yeah. fire <laughs> right it for a moment there destroyed that, that whole fucking city mm-hmm. <laughs> Most so, but i i honestly would have to say my favorite character is jason momoa duncan idaho because i believe his last name is idaho <laughs> right <laughs> because like you said jason that dude had heart but he's a fucking badass yeah he was a Terminator when he needed to be a goddamn Terminator, but he he was also just so passionate and yeah. Yeah, you can tell he would have done anything for Paul. Yeah, like, yeah. We we just met these characters, but you can tell they had a backstory we don't we're not sure of, or but they're very close. Yeah, it yeah it's like very, a, it's a a big brother little brother situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I, I loved how <laughs> even in the beginning when you first meet him, they hug him. It was like, oh, you, muscle. yeah, you've been uh, putting yeah. on muscle. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he had a couple. Of, had There's a something else days. he said like that too. I yeah. liked what. Yeah, there was yeah, two where he kind of just made fun of. They made fun of each other. <clears throat> yep, I like. He that. made fun of Paul. Uh, what's your? We, Aaron and I are four out of five. Tim, where are you at? Yeah, actually, I give it a four out of five. It's not quite five worthy. It's much better than I thought it was going to be. 
And I, I just like you said, Jason, the pacing, the cinematography. <coughs> I thought this was just a beautiful film. I loved the immersiveness it, that you got in this film. And uh, it had all the right feels, in my opinion. But I'm waiting to see what happens next. There's too much unconclusive story. Yeah, too many open-ended like, questions. Yeah. It's a, so, it's a, like Aaron said, it's a set-up movie and... And then... Better get our part two. And I, yeah. from the numbers you've been looking up you know, during this episode, it seems like we're on a good path to right? yeah, getting sure. green lit on part two. We just might have to wait like three or four years. Yeah. And fuck, I'm fine with that. Take your time. It's not an easy movie. Do to it make. right. Do it right. Yeah. yeah. I just hope they keep the same cinematographer and director, honestly. Yeah. I really do yeah. because it's the style of this film that, that really I was drawn into. And I don't want them yeah. to. And hopefully Take they learn away. their lesson from Star Wars stuff where they start switching directors and things just don't go in the right <laughs> pace and right. direction as the, the previous setup. Right. Hell yeah. All right, gentlemen. That's, uh, that's three, three, four stars. So. Twelve stars out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Aaron's so. our number guy. Right. Uh, <laughs> One day I'll figure out what my camera is. <laughs> I gotta get me uh, like a different camera for my my Zoom too. Yeah, yeah. I I keep not knowing where I am. That's why that's why I keep sitting up and stuff. You're in your basement, Tim. I know my cave. So, all right. Well, uh, this has been Dune, 2020. Do right, 2020. So like I said, 2020, it was a couple years. Well, I mean, it was released 2021, but it's probably made in 2019, I guess. I was just saying, yeah, what's this the... This is another postponed okay. release because yeah. of COVID. Yeah, so 2021, I guess, yeah. 2021 yeah. Doom. Um, God, when was the miniseries in the 90s? The, the miniseries? Yeah, so... so it was the, an actual movie, wasn't it? That's oh, no, 84. Wasn't you, you had 1984, the which David is, Lynch one. Yeah, David Lynch was 1984. Yeah, that was... But then you had the the TV miniseries. I never saw that. And which I heard came out like the 90s, things. I think. I don't yeah, remember it being very good. Things either. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it was kind of cool that they they redid it, and uh, yeah. I hope they did justice. I have to read a book. Hopefully, I can read the book by the time the next movie comes out, so I know what the fuck's he going he on. He means listen to the book. Mm-hmm. More than likely. More than likely. It's not reading listening no. that's why I like to say consume now because hey, that's fine I'll give you that <laughs> I feel like I'm lying to people when I say oh I read this book when really listen to it on Audible and I had some else say that too she be like oh, I read you know 12 books this month no you didn't <laughs> don't lie to me I watched you <laughs> <laughs> I watched you do nothing <laughs> push the button alright All right. this is uh, Timothy Bennett this is Aaron Banyan Jason Chandler. And thanks for joining us. We'll catch you later. Peace. Bye. Peace.